99th Psalm this evening. Psalm 99. There are a lot of psalms, as you know. There are psalms of praise to God. There are psalms that would lead us to specifically give praise to the goodness of God. There are psalms that will lead us to praise the Lord for His righteousness. And as we look into the 99th Psalm, we see a psalm of praise to a holy God. You know, when we consider the attributes of God, His holiness is usually not the first one that comes to the mind of people. A lot of times it's His love. Thank God for His love. Kathy sang about it this morning in song, and it caused me to meditate on the love that God has for us. Where would we be without it? Where would we be without God being who He is in any of His attributes? They're all important, but as I say that, God's holiness is His most important attribute. Verses 1 through 3, tonight we're going to look at three things about God's holiness. He sits on a throne of awesomeness. He sits on a throne of authority. And He sits on a throne of access. First of all, this throne of awesomeness. We read in Psalm 99, in verse 1, it says, The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and He is high above all the people. Let them praise Thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. God sits on a throne of awesomeness in all His holiness. All moral law has an eternal and unchangeable basis in God's holiness. You look at the Ten Commandments and you see there a timeless law that is going to constantly be a reminder of the holiness of God. It's the moral standard for this world today, the commandments are, and they are timeless. We are in a world that is changing, but God is not changing. And His standard, His commandments still stand for the moral standard of the human race. There was a physical reminder of the presence of God among the children of Israel as we consider God on His awesome throne. The children of Israel, as they camped in the wilderness, in the midst of the children of Israel was, uh, was the tabernacle. 
when the children of Israel up and moved in the wilderness, they, they precisely disassembled the tabernacle and went and precisely set it up again. And you had the outer courts of the tabernacle where, where the altar was uh, where the altar was, where the sacrifices were made, the wash basin, and then you go to the inner courts to the holy place, and there was all the furniture that you would find in there. But then you go through the veil into the holy of holies, and there was one piece of furniture there, and that was the Ark of the Covenant. By the way, everything about the tabernacle, all of the substances, all of the material things, all of the furniture, everything about it pointed to Jesus Christ in some way. And then in the Holy of Holies, with the Ark of the Covenant, this was the representation of God to His people Israel who were camped around. It was a reminder to them that the presence of God was with them. And so this piece, this item was particularly made. It was made out of gold. It was overlaid in wood, the Ark of the Covenant was. This might sound like a little spiritualizing and unnecessary. I just kind of thought it was a neat thought when I heard about you know, it's made out of wood and it's made out of gold and they beat the gold into the wood of the Ark of the Covenant and so it's as if it weren't wood anymore and it weren't gold anymore, but it was golden wood. You could see the wood grain through the gold as though it became one. And someone likened that unto Jesus being fully God and fully man. Do what you will with that. Nevertheless, it was the representation of God to the people of God. And the lid, it was solid gold. It was the mercy seat. And on the lid of that Ark of the Covenant were two cherubims, two winged figures. And they were facing one another. And the glory of God dwelt in the midst of those cherubims in all of His holiness as if these two were looking at each other to be satisfied. To enter into the presence of God, there would have to be satisfaction. As if you have a cherubim of righteousness and a cherubim of, of justice. And this cherubim of righteousness had to be satisfied and the cherubim of justice had to be satisfied. Now something that was able to come in to and upon the mercy seat was the blood of the animal. Not that the blood of the animal was righteous, but the blood of the animal represented the shadow of things to come in Jesus Christ. So the priest would go in and he would sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat. He would do so as a covering for his own sins and also for the sins of the people. And, and so that blood being sprinkled as a, as a 
figure as a shadow of things to come in Jesus Christ. This satisfied God. It was satisfactory because of what it represented. Because you see, this cherubim of of righteousness has been satisfied by the perfect life of our Lord Jesus Christ that He lived. And then you had the cherubim of, of justice and God's justice was satisfied by Jesus Christ going to the cross, taking His perfect life, giving up the ghost, and giving His life for our sins and our place as our substitute. So God is now satisfied through what Jesus Christ has done for all of us. And so the righteousness was fulfilled, the justice was fulfilled, and the blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat in a shadow of the Lamb of God who would come and shed His blood for our sins. Praise the Lord for the satisfaction of God's holiness. God was satisfied to save us through Jesus Christ. If you are saved here tonight, it's only by one way. Someone told me on their doorstep one time that I found my own way to get there. Well, no, they didn't if that way was not Jesus Christ. The only way that anyone gets to God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. He died to save us from the punishment of our sin. It was carried out on Him as He was our substitute. You know, God has the attribute of love that we mentioned, but just because God loves doesn't mean He can take someone to heaven just because He loves them. His holiness wouldn't allow him to do that. His holiness had to be right. Things had to be righteous and just for God to justify taking his people to heaven. And God is justified by the life, death, burial, resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, to save us. We could never satisfy God's holiness. That would redirect a lot of religion in this world if they would come to terms with God's righteous holiness and realize that they cannot satisfy His holiness. But Jesus satisfied the holiness of God to be able to accept us. So God is now in His holy dwelling of Mount Zion, we see in the verse here, we see in verse 2 of Zion. Zion was once referred to as Jerusalem. It's prophetically referred to in the sense of the future capital city of the nation of Israel in the kingdom age. And then it's also referred to as the eternal city, the new Jerusalem. 
there is a song that we sing sometimes. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. We are going to heaven to be with the Lord one day. And we're singing about it when we sing that song. It speaks of us going to be with the Lord because of the Lord's covenant of salvation. He made a covenant with Israel, the Lord did, and He makes it with us. And you know, to think about those who saw God's dealing with Israel, those Gentiles who would see the dealings of God with His people, it should have made everyone tremble. God's holiness should make everyone tremble today. It will make everyone tremble today if they would consider the holiness of God. People are trying to make God out to be someone different today, but His attribute of holiness is intact. It will always be the same. It will not change. He sits in His holy sanctuary on a throne of awesomeness today. Everyone should tremble before God's awesome throne. But we not only see a throne of awesomeness with the Lord, but a throne of authority in verses 4 and 5. It says, The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at His footstool, for He is holy. The Lord is just. He is perfectly righteous in character. God is just in all of His ways and in all of His actions. God loves justice. And, and He led and He worked with the throne of Israel that it might be a righteous throne. God has ordained the justice system that we have on this earth today, making civil authorities the ministers of God. We read and we learn about that in Romans chapter 13. You know, some who occupy these positions do not occupy them as they should. They do not reverence the holiness of God. Nevertheless, it is an ordained position by God. There are people who I did not vote for who have been voted into office. And I disagree with many of them in many ways. And I was convicted by the Word of God, though, to pray for them. And I have prayed for those, and we should pray for those, though we do not agree with them, though we did not vote for them, we pray to God because of not the person, but the position that they are in. And, and of course, we can say that judging by the fruits, it may very well be that many do not know the Lord Jesus Christ in these positions. We pray for His eternal salvation in their lives. God has ordained the civil authorities. 
And so he sits on a throne of authority. He loves justice. We're to respect the military. We're to respect the police academy. You know, these are God-ordained positions. They're not perfect on this earth, but nevertheless, the position deserves the respect. And by the way, there are many godly people in positions like this, and we can thank the Lord for that. But I tell you what, concerning these positions and concerning authority upon this earth, I can't help but think about the fact that Jesus is coming back to rule and reign upon this earth one day. And the justice system will not be persuaded by money in that day because Jesus Christ is the justice system. No cases will be thrown out of court for no show. Just because there's a little error in the paperwork does not mean that the criminal is going to get off. Jesus is going to make sure that all wrong has its proper due punishment that is coming. All wrongs will be properly punished. Perfect justice scares some people to death, but it thrills the people of God. God loves justice. God is a God of perfect justice. We love God. We love His Word. We learn in His Word that He loves justice, so it would have us to love God's perfect justice as His people. God sits on a throne of awesomeness, God sits on a throne of authority in all of His holiness. And as we think about that throne and how awesome it is and how authoritative it is, it's a throne of access. Verses 6 through 9. Moses and Aaron among his priests and Samuel among them that call upon His name. They called upon the Lord, and He answered them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. They kept His testimonies and the ordinance that He gave them. Thou answeredest them, O Lord our God, Thou wast a God that forgavest them, though Thou tookest vengeance of their inventions. Exalt the Lord, our God, and worship at His holy hill. For the Lord, our God, is holy. God is holy. We are not. But He has given us of His righteousness. We have had imputed to us the perfect righteousness of God to be accepted by Him. I've said it before, I'll say, I'll say it again, just to get our attention, you have to be as good as God to get to heaven. And He gives to His people by faith, not by us achieving goodness, but by faith He gives of us His perfect righteousness that we are accepted by Him. We are justified by faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. And 
Though we're not holy, we know He's making us holy because His Word says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So He is taking a sinner and doing an incredible, miraculous work in us to make us holy. So His holy throne, though, His holy throne, how awesome it is, and the authority of it. We have access to this throne. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. I tell you what, that's overwhelming. May we praise God all the time for His holiness, and for the access that He has given us into His presence. Jesus has provided us access to the Holy God. The veil was written twain from top to bottom, and the way was made open to God for us. There was a mediator for the people before the priest would go in and he would sprinkle that blood and he would make that offering for the people. It would cover, it would atone for the sins. It never cleared the conscience, but again, it was a shadow of Jesus Christ who was to come. But the priest would go in for the people. But now the way has been made open to God for you and I through the great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can go directly to God in our time of need because of what Jesus has done. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He is our high priest now. He is our priest. The Bible says, Hebrews 7.26 says, High priest, and it says, Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. Praise God. First John says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And First John also goes on to say that he is the propitiation for our sins. And that propitiation, it means mercy seat. And we have already considered what He has done there that we might have access to God. Not only for us, but He died for the sins of the whole world. That any and all could come to Jesus Christ and His saving grace to be saved. He is at the right hand of the Father. And for those who are His children, He is making intercession for all of us right now. You know, for the lost sinner, God's throne is a throne of judgment for them. But for the believer, it's a throne of grace. When we leave this life, we're going before 
a throne of grace. We have a throne of grace that we have access to, to approach right now. We can worship and praise the Lord in His presence. And when our hearts are right, when we're prepared with God, when we are truly looking to Him, considering our future hope, and in awe of everything that God is, and we gather to worship Him, He accepts our worship. There was a song that we sang this morning, and there was a line to that song, May it be a sweet sound in your ear. And as we sang that, I just stopped in awe of the fact that that could be true. That if we're worshiping Him, it is a sweet sound in His ear. Oh, the miracle that a holy God has done in lost sinners' lives, in saving us, in adopting us, in making us His children, in changing us, in making us alive unto God, in being quickened by the Spirit of God, in having the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, that we can worship God, and that it would be a sweet sound in His ear, and that He would be pleased by the worship. I will never forget Zephaniah 3.17 for the first time I heard it. Pastor Stone used the verse and it was over in the other building or at the villas. Anyway, this verse, Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save he will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest over thee in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. So we can worship the Lord and it's acceptable to him. We sing to him and I don't feel worthy to say it, but it's true that He breaks forth in singing over us, His people, created new in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things are passed away, old things are passed away, and all things are become new. What a miracle, what a personal work that God has done for us in our lives. Oh, to consider the holiness of God and to tremble before His presence at His children with a holy fear. We don't see a whole lot of that in Christianity. We don't see a holy fear too much anymore. A fear of God. It, I don't know about you, but it stops me in my tracks. It stops me from words I want to say. It stops me from vengeance I'd like to take because of a holy God who is pleased with us when we are being changed by Him and looking to Him and serving Him. What a miracle He's done in our lives. Jesus has provided passage into the holiness of God for us. We can go boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need, 
we can come before God's presence to bless Him, to honor Him, to adore Him, to glorify Him, to praise Him. We can come before God with our heavy burdens, to lay them on His holy lap and to give them to Him. His Word says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. We have access to God to take our burdens of this life to Him, that He might help us with them. Oh, what grace that is. Oh, what mercy that is. Oh, what a work Jesus Christ has done that we have access to Him to bless Him for our burdens. Straight to God. Moses, Aaron, and Samuel, they interceded for the people of God in the Old Testament. And God heard them, and God answered them as... They led in the position God gave them. Yet today, we go straight to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do, He hears us. And when we don't even know what to pray, the Holy Spirit sends that perfect prayer request for us. We have Direct access to God through our Lord. He speaks through His Word. He chastens those He loves. He forgives those who confess to Him. How should we respond to a God like this? How should we respond to this holy God of ours? who has given you and I access to Him. He didn't have to, but He loved us. And He gave His Son and He died for us. And it satisfied the holiness of God. And He was raised from the grave and He lives. And He's given us the opportunity anytime to come before Him. And He invites us to be prayerful all the time with Him. To pray without ceasing. Pray and faint not. He invites this before Him. What should we do? How should we respond to a holy God like this who has opened Himself up and given us this kind of access? The psalmist is leading us to do exactly what we should do about our holy God. We should praise our holy God and we should worship Him. May we always remember God is holy. People today are forgetting this. I don't say it to belittle. I say it for the reality of people are trying to make God out to be someone else. They're not making the graven image of the golden calf today, but they're making a graven image in their mind of a God who suits them. But He is a holy God according to His holiness. May we never forget that God is holy. 
May we never forget what His precious Son has done to make us accepted in the Beloved. What He has done to give us access to a loving Father who will never leave us nor forsake us, who inclines His ear unto our prayer, who, who will lean in, who will bend toward us in our time of need to help His children until He takes us home. Praise the Lord for the access that we have to God. Let's not forget it. Let's not forget His Son and what He did. We're going to just close tonight in a word of prayer. And invitation doesn't have to happen. I don't feel responsible for a lost soul just because we don't have an invitation. This, this is your invitation for the rest of the time we're in this room. And whatever it is that that God would have you to do. You, you remember His Word. You look to Him. If there's one here who realizes that they tremble in fear before a holy God, that they are right now, and you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know that He is the only way. He's the only one who provides access to God. And He died for your sins in your place. You get to swap your sin, which would make you unacceptable to God. You get to swap it for His righteousness. You can have His righteousness. You can have it freely. You can have it now. And it makes you acceptable to God. Would you humble yourself before Him tonight? Would you trust Him? Would you let us know before you leave the room this evening? We're going to bow in a word of prayer and consider the service dismissed after that. God bless you all. Hope you have a good week. Pray for those who are so far away. And, of course, for Pastor Stone and for Beverly. Pray for, pray for Brother Kevin as his night is coming up at the end of this month to be with us. And I'm going to ask Zach Hamlin if he would... Word our prayer and close us in service.